Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Hey, friends. If you have been with us the last couple of weeks, you know that we began a discussion about confession as well as repentance, on both what it is as well as what it is not. And before we jump into our sermon for this morning, I thought it might be helpful to revisit three things that we have been talking about each and every week. So the first is that confession is not coercion. Uh, God is not holding us hostage until we admit what we have done kind of or else. Uh, confession is, in fact, a gift of God, a gift of grace, a tool that enables us to be freed, to be unbound and unburdened by the things that kind of hold us hostage and weigh us down. Um, second, we've also been talking about how we don't confess to just any God, but we confess to a merciful God. When we consider our posture towards God, it is one of kind of humility and penitence as we come to confession. Uh, but we also must remember that God's posture towards us is different. God's posture towards us is one of mercy. We can confess in confidence, knowing that God's forgiveness will meet us there. And lastly, we've been talking about how the telos, the outcome, the goal, the end of confession is not shame, uh, but in fact, the goal of confession is shalom. It is wholeness and flourishing of life. And when we become aware that things are not as they should be, we can confess, and that begins the work of inviting the grace of God to lead us into wholeness and flourishing. Um, in the midst of our half-hearted love for God, confession makes a way for us to live wholehearted lives. Today, we're continuing on in that same sermon series, kind of walking through a prayer of confession that we often pray before we come together for communion. And this week, we are kind of talking about how our love is not as it should be. And this theme comes from the third line of the prayer that says, we have not done your will, we have broken your law, we have rebelled against your love. And while um, this line is really actually broken into three different things, uh, the first two, we've not done your will and broken your law, um, are both things that God has set in place out of God's deep desire and deep love for us. Therefore, when we don't live into God's will or when we break God's law, um, then we also are actually rebelling against God's love. These three things are kind of all held together as one. And if you were with us two weeks ago, uh, when we talked about the first line of the prayer, then you might remember that we talked about how, like what it looks like to love God and how when Jesus talks about loving God, um, he kind of talks about it through the two greatest commandments. And the first greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the second greatest commandment, Jesus says, is like that, but to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also says 
that all of the law and all of the prophets, this would have been kind of referring to Old Testament scripture, all of that can be summed up in two things, um, to love God and to love neighbor. Um, so these kind of how we love God and how we love one another are bound up in what it looks like um, for a love to be as it should be and what it looks like um, for us to kind of not rebel against God's love. And I think for me, one of the greatest gifts is being able to get to see people living fully into love of God and love of neighbor. And one of the greatest privileges truly of my job is um, that I get to officiate a lot of weddings and get to witness up close the beauty um, and the gift of love and um, particularly a love between two people that tends to be reflective kind of at its best of full love for God as well as love of neighbor. Um, this week, actually, as I'm recording this, it's Wednesday and tomorrow will be when we get to have this conversation. But um, tomorrow, my husband Adam and I are getting to meet with his brother and his brother's fiance uh, to do a little bit of wedding preparations. And they are getting married in a couple months and the two of us are gonna be a part of officiating their wedding. And while I have done my fair share of weddings since becoming a pastor, uh, this particular wedding is a lot of firsts for me. Uh, first, it is the first opportunity that Adam and I have had to uh, get to officiate a wedding together, which is extra special. And uh, second, there actually are four of us that are officiating this wedding, not just the two of us, uh, because both the siblings as well as the in-laws of the bride and groom are all pastors. <laughs> so y'all, you can just go ahead and pray for them. It's a lot. And I mean, they are just so patient with the four of us. And yeah, you can imagine that having four people officiate any one thing is going to be a lot, but just so grateful uh, for them and for the opportunity. But yeah, you can, can continue to pray for them for that. Um, but one of the things that we are going to talk about tomorrow night and that I always talk to couples about kind of in, in preparation for weddings is what it looks like to enter into the covenant of marriage. Um, I always distinguish covenants from contracts. Um, we are real familiar with contractual relationships, so I tend to kind of start there since they might be more familiar than covenantal relationships. Um, a great example of a contractual relationship is when I open my laptop and go to place a Target order, um, I can generally trust that when I type in target.com that the website will come up rather than Dinah Run happening in the background and telling me I can play this game until the internet decides to turn back on. <laughs> However, if for some reason my internet just decided, you know, it was going to take a vacation day for a couple days, um, then me and AT&T would need to have a little heart to heart and I would be telling them like, this contract is over. Like I'm switching over to Spectrum. This, this is not working for me. Uh, in a similar way, if I just stopped paying AT&T for a couple months, then likewise, they could also just disconnect my internet until I paid up. We, we get this. This is how contractual relationships work. If one party doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, then the other one is pretty free to just jump ship. I have lots of contractual relationships in my life. I imagine you do as well. Kind of all of our utility companies we have contracts with, our mortgage company, our insurance, um, We've had people come out to kind of take out trees or do other small projects around the house. And every time we have to sign like a very long contract with lots of different things that outline what exactly they're planning to do and what they're not doing, what it includes, what it doesn't include. 
um, contracts at kind of the heart of them are designed and made to fall back on um, if and when expectations are not met by one party or the other. Um, however, covenants are different than that. Um, covenants are made during a time of strength to hold us together in times of weakness. Covenants are a mutual giving of oneself. Um, again, mar marriage is a perfect example of this. Um, we do tend to think about covenants a lot in weddings. Um, also, we talk about covenants in baptism as well as communion. Um, in fact, you might be familiar with a, a line in our communion liturgy that kind of reminds us of this covenantal love of God. It says that even when we turned away and our love failed, your love, God's love, remained steadfast. Um, this describes God's covenantal love towards us. That while there are times and seasons that we might stray from God's love, that there's nothing that we can do to make God love us any more. There's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. And yet, uh, we are not kind of like bound to you will love God or else. Um, we also do have free will. We have free will to choose uh, to turn away from God. Um, but because God has a covenant with us, um, God always promises that God will not turn God's back on us. There's uh, one particular scripture that I always am drawn back to um, when I think about God's kind of abundant love for us. Um, it comes from the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible. And it comes right after the Israelites have been freed from slavery. Um, they were kind of enslaved to the Egyptians, and they also were delivered through the Red Sea. And they were headed towards the promised land. And then they started to get hangry, <laughs> which is a very familiar thing for me, um, more, more than I would like to admit. And yeah, so if you are kind of not familiar with the story, they've been delivered from slavery. They crossed through the Red Sea. It was a miracle. They walked through on dry ground. They had just experienced like miracle after miracle of God delivering them and providing for them. And then at this moment that they get hangry, all bets are off. They start saying um, to Moses and Aaron, uh, the kind of leaders that have been shepherding them, uh, in Exodus 16, 3, they just kind of lay it all out. And they say, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where they had been enslaved, enslaved um, then we would have sat by the pots of meat and ate our fill of bread. For you brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Friends, Moses and Aaron, um, or the Israelites in this moment, are not holding back as they are saying this to Moses and Aaron. Like it is just, again, a moment of all bets are off. So Moses and Aaron, they go, they confer with God. And then God, um, again, kind of makes a promise towards God's people. We see in verse 11, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, I've heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And again, a reminder back towards this covenant. God sends manna, uh, raining down from heaven to feed them each day. Um, not just in this one moment, in this one time that they are hungry, uh, but every day for the 40 long years uh, that the Israelites are kind of wandering around in the wilderness, um, manna came every single day. And God told them, you know, gather up this manna, this kind of um, flaky, breadish-like substance, uh, you might say. And God said, you know, every day I'm going to provide this. And so only gather as much as you need for the day. I don't gather any more, uh, except on the day before the Sabbath. And then you can gather twice so that you're not having to gather on the Sabbath day. And this is kind of their reality for so long. And yet, and yet, they still struggled to trust God. 
Um, even in the midst of literally having this food raining down from heaven each day, they still struggled to trust that um, the same God who had delivered them um, through the Red Sea, the same God that had delivered them from slavery and that had provided manna even the day before, they struggled to trust that God would provide that same manna again tomorrow. So they stored it up. They tried to keep manna for a couple days, um, even when God said not to. And the manna spoiled. It wasn't even good um, to hold on to until the next day. Um, but even so, um, I think I find so much comfort in the midst of this story because I know that I too struggle to have an expansive imagination of God's love for us. And we, like the Israelites, assume that one day the contract might just run dry and that even after God has been faithful day after day and year after year, that today might just be that day uh, when God turns on us and is no longer faithful. Um, I've been thinking about for myself about how um, my love for God is often not as it should be. I've been thinking about how too often um, I think of my love for God as kind of a bounded kind of love. Um, a love that, like a contract, is dependent on me holding up my end of the deal, or I might be assuming that God is going to break God's end of the deal. I think too often my imagination uh, for God's love is too small. Sometimes my imagination for God's love is so similar to the Israelites. Um, I know that God has gotten me through miracle after miracle, only to find myself on the other side of the Red Sea telling God, I am hangry. <laughs> and in the midst of that, assuming that God's contract ran up. And therefore, um, God's gone. God's not going to be faithful to me today in the same way that God was yesterday. This morning, friends, um, I wonder um, what our love, as it should be, uh, might look like. For the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, um, I think we often see an image of our love um, as we are struggling, our love as it not, as, not as it should be. Um, but this morning, I want us to also consider um, what our love as it should be um, might look like. I think our love as it should be at its best, at its most flourishing, um, is actually reflective of God's covenantal love for us. It's a kind of love for God and for one another that has no bounds. Our love as it should be is a kind of love that is not keeping score, but a kind of love that is trustworthy, independent, knowing um, that the same God that has been there for us yesterday will also be there for us tomorrow. This is a kind of love that is not drawing lines of who is in and who's out, but rather a kind of love that is always seeking to bring more people into the fold. Uh, friends, this morning, as we continue to think about um, love at its best and love as it should be, I want to leave you with one last image. And it might be an image if you've been around with us for um, quite a while, it might be familiar to you because we've used this before, but I thought it might be helpful to revisit again this morning. Um, it is kind of an image that we talked about, I think it was last January, January 22, where we talked about how in Australia, um, cattle farmers don't spend their days um, building or kind of tending their fences, um, but rather they dig massive wells and they trust that their cattle, rather than having a fence to keep them in, um, are never going to stray too far from the deep well um, that sustains them day after day. And I think particularly in church spaces, we often spend a lot of time uh, building fences and arguing over contracts of what fence should go where. Um, but in doing so, I think that we often miss, um, miss the well that we've been invited to, the kind of well that God invites us into a day after day, no matter 
our story, no matter our identity, no matter our political ideology, like God's covenantal love knows no bounds. I know for me that regularly, uh, when my love is not as it should be, it's because I'm too focused on offense when I should be focused on digging the well wider and deeper so that all can come and experience the boundless and abundant covenantal love of our God. And this morning, I'm going to give us some time to reflect. I mean, you've heard a little bit of my own processing of kind of what our love as it should be looks like, this covenantal kind of love of God. And I'm going to give us some time to be able to process this. Um, I know this is a little bit out of the norm and that it's a little more interactive than maybe we're used to, but we're going to take the next kind of two or three minutes to reflect on some questions. And then when we come back together, we'll pray together the prayer of confession that we've been kind of walking through week after week. And if you would like to see these questions, they're going to be up on the screen. I'll walk through them in just a moment. Um, be up on the screen if you were worshiping with us at the venue, if you are kind of listening to this as um, recap or podcast, um, and you're only listening to audio, you can go on the website and find the handout that has all these questions, and you're welcome to kind of walk through it that way. Um, but my hope for us uh, this morning is that we can continue kind of processing and thinking about kind of what our love as it should be uh, might look like. So the first question that I want to leave us with as we reflect is, where have I loved with a contractual kind of love rather than a covenantal kind of love? And this can be um, towards God or towards neighbor, um, ways in which we have settled for like a less than kind of love rather than the kind of love that God has for us. And second, the question I'd invite us to reflect on is what kinds of fences have I put up? Um, whether it's a fence around who I can or should think I should be friends with, or whether it is um, a fence that I've put up to, to keep people out. Um, I invite you to think about what those fences might be and why. Third, invite us to reflect on what friendship or relationship um, do I need to dig a well? Is there a, a friendship or relationship that you've spent a lot of time kind of thinking about or processing or worrying about a fence? Um, where instead a well uh, needs to first be drawn. And then lastly, this is kind of a two-part question. Where in my life is my love not as it should be? And then what does love as it should be look like in my life? So inviting us both to think about um, where we have kind of fallen short, where our love is not um, fully the kind of love that God invites us into with fullness of heart of love of God as well as love of neighbor. And then what are we hopeful for? What might it look like for us to live in this kind of covenantal love? If we think with a large imagination, uh, what would it look like for us to, to love in the way that God invites us to love? So we'll spend some time kind of thinking through these questions. And um, again, if you're looking for them, they'll be up on the screen as well as we have a handout you can find on our homepage on the website. And I'd invite us to recognize too that in the midst of this confession that might feel hard or painful uh, to also know um, and trust that on the other side of confession, um, that God always is meeting us with mercy and grace. So let us take this time to, to confess and to reflect together.
but welcome back, friends. Let's pray together this prayer of confession that we have been praying through week after week. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray, and free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Verena area. Um, FVUMC.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.